So Michelle, we all know you have the best tips, but look, you can't possibly be everywhere to help everyone. That's where an authorized Disney vacation planner can be a lifesaver. And luckily for you, we just happen to know the best. That's Nate, of course, from Main Street and more travel. Oh yeah, Nate is the best. And with things changing at the parks, resorts, and of course the high seas all the time, it's so hard to keep up even for me. Well, that's not true. Yeah, but Nate is always right on top of every move Disney makes so he can help you have the best vacation ever. Oh, for sure. If you're looking to visit Walt Disney World, Disneyland, sail the seas on Disney Cruise Line, or even explore anywhere in the world beyond Disney, our friend Nate from Main Street and More Travel can help make your vacation dreams come true. No question, sweetie. And if you've listened to our show for any time at all, you know we're big fans of high-end experiences. And that's just what you get when you work with Nate. He'll give you concierge-level vacation planning services, but at no additional cost to you or your family. Heck, you may even save money if discounts become available because Nate is always looking to make sure you get the best deal possible. And did we mention all of this comes at no extra cost to you? That's because it's Disney that pays Nate for all that top-notch service he provides so you don't have to. So if you're looking for the best person to plan your magical vacation, just go to DizTripsAndMore.com, fill out the form on the website to get the process rolling on your next fabulous trip with Nate. And be sure to tell him Tom and Michelle sent you. Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, intelligent, very hardworking, <laughs> super gorgeous. I already said that, but I think it needed to be reiterated twice. Uh, you're so sweet. Disney World customer service loving wife and co-host Michelle. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have a story to tell. Yeah. If you're wondering if Walt Disney World customer service still exists, let me tell you. It does. Uh-huh. We can't wait to share you a little a little tale about what happened to us recently this week. That's right. I'm looking forward to telling it. Yes. It's hard not to be the favorite thing of the week. Yes. Well, I'm sure it will be a portion of our favorite thing from this week. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. We are recording this episode on Saturday, February 18th, 2023, because I work on the day this episode drops, Sunday, February 19th, 2023. I had to work today as well, but we figured uh, I didn't want to make you wait until I got off work tomorrow before we got this episode out to you. Yeah. Plus, we want to be prepared just in case, you know. You don't want to have like lose your voice and you get home and you're like, oh no, now I can't do it at all on Sunday. Yes. You know me. I'm always losing my voice. <laughs> I'm always struggling to talk. You okay over there? I am. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're off to a roaring start for this episode. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Everybody at home is like, what is going on? They're in I their know. cars. They're like, click. click. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. You're all done. Click. We're done with this show. Oh, just kidding. Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. Hope the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... 
We'd love for you to sign up for the newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. I hope you signed up for the newsletter this last week because Michelle put out something very, very fun. <laughs> Quirky. Even more fun than what is normally in the newsletter. And it's always full of Michelle notes and it's always full of fun. But this week was extremely full of Michelle-ness. Over-the-top crazy silliness. But yes. What can you say? That is very true. <laughs> Over-the-top crazy silliness. That, that pretty much sums it up. I know. But you were a participant and assistant. Forced. Forced participant. <laughs> Was against my will. Mm, sometimes, I really don't believe that. Okay. We, no, we, we it, it, it's cute and you'd enjoy it. So maybe Michelle will post it again some other time if you haven't subscribed already. But mm-hmm. um, it, it is something that was fun. And for those of you who subscribe, you know, you know what, what, what weirdness was and going on. And we apologize. <laughs> also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, Come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Yeah, and then you can also share what your favorite thing of the week is. That's true. We got a sharing of a favorite thing from this mm-hmm. week that will, from one of our listeners that we'll be bringing up here in just a little bit. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. As we always say, love to hear from you, even if it's just to say hi, but we invite you to uh, let us know if there's a certain topic you'd love us to cover. That's right. As Michelle (laughs) says, that's right. (laughs) Compliments of Scott. (laughs) That's right. That's true. That is where it's come from. Yeah. Just in case you wonder why Michelle says that, and she says it in that way, it's because we have a little some other voice in the house that says, that's "That's right. right. <laughs> a lot. When there's a confirmation of agreement on plans. Yes. Or food. Mostly food. That's right. Plans That's right. always revolve around food <laughs> when we're talking about Scott. That is for sure. Uh, now, before we get into this week's show, you know, we always like to take a look back at the week that was because there's always something interesting that happens in the week. And we are the show of positivity and we like to focus on those positive events that happen to us all on a weekly basis. And we call it my favorite thing from this week. And when we do this, well, we always start with Michelle because she's wonderful, <laughs> awesome, all things great. You're going to hear she does the best research. You know, she has the best list. She may have heard that last week. You hear every week she has the very best <laughs> tips. She also always has the best my favorite thing from this week. So, Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Well, um, and as I mentioned at the beginning, there's there were a lot. Because also some other things that we were able to sign up for with Disney this week, too. But I will have to say my favorite thing was getting together with another podcaster slash friend and meeting a very special person in in his life as well. And that was getting together with Justin Monorail. Yes, uh, that was a lot of fun. It was way too short. And we'll explain <laughs> why that was in a little while here. But uh, it was all, it's always great getting together with Justin. And we got to meet his very special friend, Casey, mm-hmm. this week. That's and right. She is very wonderful. Oh, yeah. We were so happy to have met her. And um, we were talking about it for a while afterwards, about yeah. how perfect they are for one another. Exactly. Was, we couldn't be more happy for them both. Right, right. And looking forward to having more time to uh, visit with the both of them. Yes. 
Yes. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff that is my favorite thing from this week that's going to come up later in the show. You're going to hear it in a little bit. Uh, also, we were able, lucky enough, even though it was a struggle, <laughs> as it was for many of you out there, and some of you didn't succeed, and we're so sorry about that, but we lucked into like the very last day, within like minutes of it being completely sold out, nabbing a Tron light cycle run preview day. So we will be able to check that out. I think we're doing it on um, March 12th is our day. Yeah. It was amazing. The fact that um, when it opened up or our our window opened up for us to be in the queue, uh, we were at the park. So it's like, oh, that's kind of scary too. You're working off of Yes. You know, being involved with. Yes, other, we're walking other, through Hollywood Studios yeah. and I'm like counting it down. 25 minutes. It says 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, funny. Yes. But uh, we were we are very blessed yeah. and got lucky enough to get one. And I hope you did as well. And if you didn't, well, you know, virtual queue and everything's coming up here. So right. you're going to have your opportunity. And right. we'll tell you if we think it's worth it coming up here in just a few weeks. Right. For sure. We also got the opportunity to sign up for a very special run Disney event. Yes, that's right. We did sign up for our Disneyland run Disney event. We're going to be doing the 5k. I believe that was actually last week that we signed up for that. No, yeah. that was this week. Yeah. Was, there was so much to sign up I for know. this week. I guess got that was lost on Valentine's in it. day. Yes, actually. that's right. There mm-hmm. was so much to do this week. I know Busy that week. we totally got lost in it. And yes, another favorite thing from this week was Valentine's day with my sweetheart, which is always wonderful as well. She always makes Valentine's Day extra special and sweet. I'm the one that got treated. You made an enormously delicious dinner. Well, glad you liked it, but uh, I always get treated every single day for my Valentine here (laughs) on the show. Now, we did get a My Favorite Thing from this Mm -hmm. week from one of our listeners, and it's Sue in the UK, who is always a wonderful, wonderful Hyperion adventurer. She wrote this actually through Instagram to us. She said, happy Valentine's Day, guys. Obviously, this Mm -hmm. came down on Valentine's Day. Love this week's show. Some fabulous and moving tunes on there. Really enjoyed it. My favorite thing this week, I may have a new countdown. Right? (laughs) She says it's a very long countdown, (laughs) but a countdown regardless. Hopefully, we'll see you in 2024. We're hoping for that, too. As yeah, soon, yeah. So. Very excited. For Congratulations. You. I'm glad that you've got something. It's always good to have a Disney trip on the books. It makes things uh, so much easier, even if they are kind of a little ways away. Right. Well, and it's always especially hard when you've just finished one, you know, and she was out here not that long ago. True. Just before um, the holidays. Right. And right. to, you know, not have something ready planned after that can really be, uh, you know, somewhat challenging to accept. <laughs> For sure. For sure. It always, the Disney blues, when you don't have another trip scheduled, right. can really can dig into you. So uh, having something there to be prepared for and be excited right. about, even if when it is maybe a year away, it's right. still something. It's a oh, countdown. Yeah. You can look yeah. at it every day and say, where well, I'm a day closer. Most definitely. I'm a day closer to getting back. So that's great. Good news, Sue. Uh, that's awesome. And now we'll get on to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including a couple of our favorite themed nighttime ticket events are set to return to the Disneyland Resort. We'll tell you what those are and when you might be able to book those coming up here soon. Speaking of the happiest place on earth, if you're looking to travel from Disneyland to Walt Disney World or vice versa, we have some good news for you, a special travel deal you may want to look into. 
And yes, we've already talked about it a little bit. Walt Disney World customer service is still hands down the best. <laughs> we'll tell you a little story that happened to us, our little personal experience that proves it for you. But that is later. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. So yes, for this week's main topic, we're continuing our Disney at 100 series, 100 years of wonder with more of Disney's century of history. Yeah. The Walt Disney Company, as you know, we're celebrating 100 years this year. We're kind of counting down to the official right. anniversary celebration by doing something virtually every month with something that uh, Michelle does very well, a <laughs> wonderful research piece. And I can't wait to hear what this one's about. Michelle, what is this week's topic at the Disney 100 series? Okay, well, this week, actually this month, I should say. This um, month. Yes. Right. We're going to focus on the late 1940s to mid 50s because that was a hugely pivotal decade for the Disney company. I mean, so much was packed into that decade that you just won't believe it. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear about it. Let's dig into <laughs> it. The 40s and the 50s, I'm sure that was a huge time yeah. for the Walt Disney Company. I know that there's a couple of things I can tell you right off the bat in the 50s that were exactly. ginormous. Right, and and basically, you know, kind of between the year 1948 to 1955, which isn't even a whole decade, so much happened. So let's. there's actually like three main topics that came up or three main business lines that came out uh, during that time. So, um, you know, we've talked about in the past how live action film was, uh, you know, a type of medium that the company had moved towards, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of times they were expected to add some animation to that. But um, and this time we're going to really kind of go behind the scenes because their animation business, although it was still in existence changed in a really big some big ways okay right so to begin with the first one is towards like i said towards the end of the 1940s the disney company had filmed a pilot for the their new true advent true life adventure series it's a documentary series and um at that time their distributor was rko and rko was pretty reluctant to distribute this film hmm. you know and so as we've talked that's about that's not what you do you do you, you do funny cartoons we I don't know. need this you know exactly. this documentary, documentary type stuff going on what, what is documentaries this? of nature at that right. time you know who's gonna want that who's gonna want to watch a bunch of elephants right? roaming around exactly so you know well and we've seen this in the past you know whether he was kind of swindled by some distributors or had other problems with distributors, um, losing characters and things like that. You know, he had had kind of a rough go of it. And, and he just felt like he, the company has already shown a lot of successes with, you know, like Snow White and Dumbo and things like that. It's like, why now is RKO actually have the the power to wield to say no to mm -hmm. distributing this so i think kind of seems like it was waltz the last straw with him so um he decided to 
kind of make some bold moves himself. And what he did, which was, I thought, brilliant and interesting, is he actually found an L.A. Uh, County theater that would be willing to show that pilot. It was called Seal Island. And they, they were in agreement to show it for one week. Now, one week happened to be the minimum amount of time to run in a movie theater to be eligible for an Academy Award mm. nomination. And lo and behold. What do you know? What do you know? Not only do they get nominated, but at the 1949, they actually won the Academy Award for Best Short Subject to Real. So, um, one, it showed RKO. There is audience interest in this kind of film. But more importantly, it kind of showed Walt that, you know what, maybe, maybe this is something they can handle. And, you know, considering they had a string of successes with um, films like Cinderella in 1950 and Peter Pan in 1953, Walt felt that he and Roy were going to, were actually in a financially strong enough position to actually create their own distribution company. So in 1953, 70 years ago from this year, the Disney's Buena Vista Film Distribution Company was incorporated. Ah, big that's got to be a big turning point for right? the company for sure. So, you know, it one it, it you know, um, brought in-house their ability to make decisions on distribution. So what they were focusing is on North America. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but fun fact here, they weren't only distributing Disney films. Yes, that was their their main, you know, um, revenue source. But interestingly, um, the the year after they incorporated, so 1954, they distributed a non-Disney movie called Victoria in Dover. I also saw the title was The Story of Vicky, which I thought was kind of weird. But it actually was an Australian historical romantic company filmed in Vienna. Hmm. Um, and what makes this a fun fact, at least to me, is that it was the story of Victoria and Albert. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I, I mean, I haven't been able to find anything that would ever claim that as the reason the Grand Floridian named their, you know, um, their signature restaurant as Victoria Albert. I don't actually think it was. I think it was a coincidence. But I mean, Victoria, you know, uh, Queen Victoria, right. Prince Albert is a, you know, a classic tale. Right, uh, right. So it, it, you know, I don't know. Like you said, don't know if it's officially named after the movie or just the classic tale. Right, yeah. right. But the fact that, you know, one of their very first films that they distributed and, and it wasn't a Disney happened to be about that couple. Right. So I thought that was kind of a very interesting. Yeah, that, yeah. That is, that is quite a coincidence. Yeah. Cool. And a typical awesome Michelle fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> what I can find, huh? Um, so anyways, the next big thing, and I actually wanted to hold this till the end, till the third thing, but because of some other things, that I'm going to talk to you about, it really needed to come up here. And that was opening of the park, Disneyland. I've heard of it. Yeah, right? <laughs> so in 1955. Um, but here's why it was really important to talk about now. Because, um, and, and, and first of all, I'm not going to go into a lot of 
the information of the history of Disneyland Park opening its first day or, or anything like that. That's been done. It's out there if you want it. Um, so I don't want to, you know, waste people's time. But I do want to give you some references. For- we find other ways to waste people's time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know, some things that might help with uh, referencing timelines and everything so that, again, you can really appreciate um, what the company was going through. I mean, the park opened just two years after they opened their own film distribution company, you know, which now they had to be financially responsible for distributing their stuff as well. So um, I'm sure Roy was going crazy with this. (laughs) No, he's probably really thrilled about this. Chuck all the finances for this whole thing. (laughs) Um, but a couple little, maybe minorly fun facts is um, that Walt actually wanted Disneyland Park to be located near the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. In fact, he, he was kind of hoping for almost like cross the street, you know. Um, but the city officials in Burbank really didn't take to that idea. They really weren't excited. Um so the Disney company ended up choosing land in some rural orange grove areas in Anaheim. So, um, you know, it was actually turned out to be better because they were able to acquire more land than what they would have in Burbank. Sure. So it's a big win for, sure. for actually all of us Disneyland fans. That's true. <laughs> and very much for Orange County. Believe yes. me, that is a big win for Anaheim and Orange County. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of, uh, behind the scenes before, uh, this time frame that Walt was working on the, the concepts of the park. Um, it was in 1952 that WED Enterprises was actually developed. And as we know now that eventually changed names and became, uh, Walt Disney Imagineering, but, um, it was originally located in the warehouse, in a warehouse on the studio lot, um, now, again, thinking about what's going on with the company, brand new distributing company that they're responsible for their stuff now and opening a theme park. Something that's never been done before. Right. And in fact, in a year, I was just going to say that doing that from start to finish in a year, um, they had some big financial concerns going on. So, um, there was this other thing that was kind of happening during this time that was starting to grow and become big. Any ideas? I'm going to go with television. Got it. You got it. Um, so Walt actually had started to get interested in television before the park opened, before they even decided to have their own distributing company. In fact, in 1948, he went to New York and spent a week there just to watch and learn what this industry was all about. Now, there's no surprise. Think about it. Think about Walt going to New York, finding out, looking at all this new, exciting industry. Do you think he's going to want to do it? (laughs) Knowing Walt, 100%. Yeah, he was really um, very enthusiastic about it. Um, However, some of the other 
other people who had input into the studios and the company, um, they weren't quite. It's a fad. Sure. It'll never catch on. <laughs> I know, right? No one's going to be watching this one. They can go to the theater and see us all on a giant. Why, who's going to want to put that in this little tiny screen in their living room? I no, know. It's not going to happen. Nothing's going to. No, no chance. I mean, this kind of speaks to how visionary Walt was. He right away knew this was going to be something that he could promote things for. And so it wasn't just to get involved in the TV industry, but this was going to be a way to continue promoting his films, now the park and things like that. You know, this is kind of interesting, especially bringing this up this week, because you may have seen it out on social media or, um, I don't know, in various different locations, Mm -hmm. maybe even on the Disney Parks blog. You know, the Disney 100 um, exposition is going mm-hmm. on right now. And one of the big things that was revealed is that they have a, um, a basically a hologram of Walt coming and kind of greeting people mm, there. Cool. They've kind of recreated Walt. And there's some like, okay, you know, the people looking at it and like, eh, maybe the mannerisms, maybe his smile isn't exactly what you expect mm-hmm. or you would think you'd see from Walt. But I think people agree, and whether you not you think it really looks like what Walt looks like or what Walt would look like or whatever if he was meeting people, is that Walt would have loved that yes. technology. He would have been all oh, over sure. that kind of technology. And uh, I think it's fascinating that oh, they, they're, starting, they're using this uh, within this exposition. That is so cool. All right. Well, thank you. That was really interesting, baby. Um, so... Getting back to Walt, you know, and he, he had gotten to New York, still trying to promote this. So still not getting buy-in by everybody. In 1950, he decided, all right, let's get a third party to weigh in on this. And so he actually hired a for- firm, uh, the C.J. LaRoche company, to look at the financial feasibility for this company to get into television. Um, and they actually um, came up with a report. They issued it in September of 1950. <laughs> the title was it Television for Walt Disney Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Creative. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so uh, interestingly, I guess, although I think it was an easy thing for them to say, is they said they recommended a trial run as opposed to starting off with a series. So Walt was fine with that. As long as somebody, third party, was going to say yes, television and Disney seemed to be a match, he agreed. And so just two months later in November, he actually publicly announced that the Walt Disney Studios or the, uh, the Disney Studios would enter the world of broadcasting. Yeah, very cool. <coughs> and the world would never be the same. I know. I know. Um. Now, so when Walt starts getting involved with the people who are running the TV, you know, distribution portion, the TV distribution, um, they were definitely interested in Walt, but what they wanted was to show things that have already been in the in the uh, movie theaters mm-hmm. that because they knew it was successful. Mm-hmm. So they want, whether it be in clips or, you know, some of the shorts, that's what they wanted. But, um, Walt was like, yeah, that's not how I see this. <laughs> you know, he thought one, let's have new things. He felt he had a very talented workforce that could produce new things specifically designed for television. And again, he had that 
foresight to say, this can be a motive for a, a means for us to promote some of our other businesses. Yeah. And especially Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but going by the recommendations, he did kind of just tiptoe into the pool and uh, the Walt Disney Productions aired its first ever television special on Christmas Day, no less, in 1950. Uh, it was called One Hour in Wonderland. And it was a blend of some cartoon clips, which included some never yet seen Alice in Wonderland film clips. Mm. So again, see, he's got the special and he's going to promote this upcoming movie. Sure, makes complete sense. But it was a huge success. So in fact, they replicated and did another special the following year on Christmas Day called The Walt Disney Christmas Show. Mm. Okay, now think about this again in timelines. September is when they get the report saying it's okay. November, he's announcing it. And Christmas Day, they got a show. <laughs> the timelines Walt worked on, I'm telling I you. Know. Crazy stuff. So crazy, so impressive, you know. Um, but now moving forward, you know, he's getting, you know, doing some stuff with television, but he's, you know, starting to also get his attention towards the park in the 50, early 50s as well. Um, but again, as we mentioned, financing of this park was you know, of utmost importance. So he realized he needed a week, at least a weekly television series to have enough money to really do what they needed to do. So in fact, he said, every time I'd get to thinking of television, I would think of this park. And I knew that if I did anything like the park, that I would have to have some kind of medium like television to let people know about it. Mm -hmm. So... Very ingenious, as I said before, visionary. Um, And as you would expect, then Roy heads out to New York uh, to start engaging conversations with some television networks about possibly contracting with them to get some finances for the Disneyland. Um, It kind of came down to both NBC and ABC uh, being the most heavily engaged to want to to do this. Um, it's not that CBS wasn't in the mix. They were, but it kind of came down to these two networks. Um, but now ABC ultimately got the deal and signed with Disney for, for the new series because um, they agreed to help finance the park as well. So they... But they were happy to do this because they knew, as we've mentioned in the past, Walt Disney had a great reputation for quality entertainment. And ABC wanted to tack, tap into that. And so they felt this was definitely worth it for them. And obviously, it was a win-win for Walt um, because of what he needed money for. So the contract stipulated a one-hour-per-week program for the network in return for investing in the construction of Disneyland and supplying a line of credit. Nice. I know. Kind of sounds like Shark Tank. It does, a little, <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Way ahead of their time. So way ahead of the time. So Is Mr. Wonderful involved in that? <laughs> I know. It sounds like it. Well, Was there what, a royalty deal somewhere? I know, right? Trying to be figured out? <laughs> 
Oh, man. So, um, again, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about the show. Uh, it's been talked about. It was, you know, first titled Disneyland. It came out each um, each week. You know, it would have some cartoons. You know, Walt was on it as well. Um, and from time to time, they would give updates on where what the progress of the park well, was. Well, they, they went into it every week kind of focusing on the lands involved. Like right. One week it'd be Frontierland. Right. So there's like uh, Western stories. There'd be exactly. something like Zorro yeah. going on or something, uh, you know, Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett or something. Right. You know, then there'd be Adventureland and they would do some of these um, the, the true adventure stories right. and, and stuff, you know. And so they were kind of just cycle through about these lands. And one, they're promoting the park itself, but also showing way to, to actually, um, you know, use the, the pieces that they already have right. in place to focus on, yeah, you know, both cross-promote their product and Disneyland itself. Right, right, exactly. So, again, really, you know, keen sense of how to use this tech, this technology or industry to really help them out. Um, so, um, but as I mentioned, you know, there's plenty of information out there on Disney plus. Um, I think we saw on the history channel one time, a really good documentary about, you know, that first show, that first TV show that Walt or, you know, series that Walt came out with, um, you know, but it aired just nine months before the park opened and it really was, building that excitement mm -hmm. about the park opening. So that was really, really for sure. I mean, yeah. that was uh, talking about a great promotion, uh, for something yeah. as, as big as Disneyland is you know, a weekly television show, one entertainment just as it right. is, but also, Hey, by the way, yeah. this big thing is coming. You're going to want to be there exactly. for it. Exactly. So, um, and also again, you know, promoting some of their films that they were working for sure on too. Yeah. So, um, Walt did have some other show ideas, um, that eventually some of them did come, um, into being, uh, TV productions. Um, and the one of the first of them aired shortly after the opening of Disneyland, uh, and was amazingly successful. Do you happen to know what, what that was? Was that date night at Disneyland or was that, are we talking no. about the wonderful world of color? Neither of those. Actually, the Wonderful World of Color was... Um, Later on. Right. That right. It was actually the Disneyland that was changed as right. weekly to that. Right. Yeah. No, I'll give you a hint. It was it was a Monday through Friday show. Oh, uh, the Mickey Mouse Club. That's right. Yes, of course. That's right. Um, but what you might not know is the Mickey Mouse Club TV version was the club's second iteration. Oh, Yes, way back in 1929, the Fox Dome Theater in Ocean Park, California, started a Mickey Mouse Club. Mm. Uh, it was an actual, it was an actual real club that kids could join, um, and it really spread in popularity with hundreds of Mickey Mouse clubs, uh, all associated uh, typically with various movie theaters being formed across the country. Um, and what would these members of the club would attend Saturday meetings um, where Mickey Mouse cartoons were screened and uh, Mickey themed band entertainment was around sometimes. Mickey Mouse Credo was uh, recited by them. Uh, they even had a Chief Mickey and Chief Minnie elected. Uh, and by 1932, the club's 
had more than 1 million members. Wow. That's pretty incredible for right? that time. Yeah. Right? So uh, that was the original Mickey Mouse Club. But getting back to the one on Disney, um, for or, or I should say on ABC for TV, um, is one that was more of a, a show structure. And as I mentioned, it was Monday through Friday. Um, and so on Disney Plus, they do have uh, examples of a Monday through Friday for each day of the week um, because th- the format of the show was to have like a specific theme. And even in later renditions of the Mickey Mouse Club, you know, in the 80s, 90s, things they they also had theme days but they were different um any chance you can remember any of the original the og well there of course there was annette well those are stars but i'm saying of the topic the theme of the day no i don't right off the bat okay um so monday was fun with music day tuesdays were great it was guest star day uh wednesday was anything can happen day thursday was circus day and friday's were talent roundup day. Ah, very but cool. Yes, you are correct, that, and and that was one of the most probably the, the biggest, biggest name that came name out of that came out of the yeah. yeah. But there were you know quite a few others, and you know it did go on for several years. So more musketeers were hired and right. know, moved on. But um, so as I mentioned, uh, Disney Plus does have that example they're fine i think we've seen better ones in packages that you can purchase on dvd um, that have a little bit more variety Mm -hmm. to what they have a little more interest um but anyways just wanted to um, point that out so um but anyways i know that uh we have other things to discuss today i don't want to make this too long so i'm going to wrap this episode of a hundred years of wonder by just pointing out that in only one decade disney guided his company to venture into three massive new industries and that's uh, with film distribution television and theme park um again truly visionary uh didn't wait around was a go-getter um, kept the momentum going and, you know, just so impressive to see a company to do that and to have the courage to do that. Yeah, uh, that is. It was, it's extremely daring to, especially when you're changing what to, has been working for you over the last right. couple decades uh, at that point to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that they shift completely. They were still creating the same films that they love, but to decide to take on all these extra right. uh, things on top of that, yeah, um, and and you know, kind of burdening the company financially, right. possibly yeah. for something you had no idea if any of this would succeed, right? Um, that, that that's definitely got to be scary, but you know, Walt has never been one to shy away right. from a challenge, right. for sure. Right. Yeah. So, and Roy being. The brilliant financial and, and person. And there to like, what? You want to do what? <laughs> All right, let's get started. I'll start trying to figure out how we're going to pay for it. But that, that, I did get that image of Shark Tank in my yeah. head, you know, and having all these TV executives in the room and he's going in trying to sell yeah. Disneyland to them. <laughs> oh, I'm man. out. I know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
No, that was great. Uh, good job, Michelle. Always does no, the best research. You. Fun facts. Always learn something new whenever she does one of her research pieces, and we hope you enjoyed it. I can't wait to hear what the next portion of the Disney at 100 series is going to be. Mm. Well, uh, the next one that's lined up for the, in the series is taking a look mainly in the 60s, uh, where we're going to see some extreme highs for the company and some incredible incredibly lows. So mm. wait, the 60s follows the 40s and the 50s? That's incredible. I know. Who could I have know. seen that coming? I know, but... <laughs> I know. And it won't be, you know... I. There are some huge things that happened in yeah, the 60s. Yeah, but no we won't make it sad. We won't make it morbid or anything like that. Yeah. I'm glad we won't make it morbid. That's good. <laughs> I'm very glad we're not... This is the show of positivity, not the show of morbidity. I know, but one of the biggest <laughs> losses happened oh, in well, that yeah, decade. That's so. for sure. That's for sure. Good job, Michelle. Thank Michelle you. always does the best <laughs> research. And we can't wait to explore more of this Disney Web at 100 series coming up in the next coming months. job again sweetheart always fascinating stuff she always digs out the the best information she does the best research as you just heard so um great stuff i can't wait to hear the next part as well uh before we get into the disney stories of the week we promised you a little tale of how walt disney world customer service once again proved that it is head and shoulders above every place else and every other company that we can personally think of. I think you'd agree, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Yeah. Um, What happened to us this week, and, you know, we got very lucky, and I don't think that, you know, what happened to this week, if something happens similarly to you at Walt Disney World, we can't promise that it's going to be exactly what happened to us this week, but there was some stuff that happened that was crazy and um very interesting and it was good to hear because especially you hear so much you see it on social media oh oh disney isn't what it was the magic mm-hmm. isn't quite there anymore but they proved it big time this yeah week that they still they still can pull out the pixie dust when they oh, need most to definitely blew my mind okay so here we'll get to the story so here's what how it happened okay we were planning on going to the DVC Moonlight Magic this week. We had you know, secured that. Uh, gosh, it has to be about a month ago yeah. when we actually secured that. And we're getting ready to go. We were going to meet up with Justin Monorail right. and his lovely girlfriend, uh, Casey, out there and uh, and have a good time. They they I think they'd been to a, a Moonlight Magic before, but we, they had not been with us. So, mm-hmm. Or at least uh, Justin has. I don't right. think Casey had never been. But, right. So... So we were all excited about that. Um, we had booked a room with using our DVC, our Disney Vacation Club points, at the Riviera, thinking, oh, what a great spot to go to Epcot. Right. That's where the place, the event was taking place. We can take the Skyliner over. We didn't know if the Skyliner would be running later, but it, you know, it still is very convenient to yeah, the park. At least to get to there. Right. right. Um, so that will be a perfect place for us. So we had booked that. We were all excited about it. I, I had worked, uh, this was on Wednesday, February 15th, when this night was supposed Mm -hmm. to take place. Um, I had to work that day. I had the next day off. So even though it was a late night event, (laughs) I was going to be able to recover the next day. And that was good. Um, So I had gotten home off of work about 3.30-ish. And we had loaded up the car. We were getting ready to head over there, get checked into our hotel. Just leaving. Right. Hitting the garage open. Right. 
So as we were just about to walk out, you know, last bathroom breaks or whatever, before we go for about an hour and a half drive over to Orlando from where we live, uh, you received a phone call from somewhere that looked like a Walt Disney World number, correct, Michelle? Right, right. On my cell phone, it actually said Disney, but I, it didn't. I knew it wasn't DVC because that number I was recognizable, but it just said Disney. So I thought, hmm, I guess I should answer it. I thought, could it be something with our passes for the Moonlight um, Magic event or what? So I answered the phone. And yeah, and what happened? So this gentleman was telling me, he says, well, um, you know, he confirmed who I was and everything. He says, I, I, I'm sorry to have to make this call. He said, but uh, unfortunately, some rooms became unavailable for use at the Riviera. Mm, one of them being ours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure the fact that we were getting there later versus, you know, somebody who checked in at, say, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, he said, so I won't have that for you. And, and I, I think I made a sigh or whatever, right. you know, and, and he said, you didn't curse him out. No, or anything, I didn't. No. I think I was just like, what? And he said, um, but I do have some other options for you. And the first one he offered, now we were reserved a studio, yeah. preferred view, preferred but, view, but, but it was a studio. studio. Yeah. Um, but he said, I can put you into a one bedroom at Kidani yeah, for so, Animal Kingdom Lodge. Mm -hmm. Now that one I know I went, ugh. <laughs> only, only because we actually liked that resort. Right. We were just there like a few week days before. before. Yeah. Few days, not even a full week. Right. Um, but that's so far away right, from Epcot right, compared right. to the ease of taking the Skyliner over. Right. And my brain at that time was thinking, oh, the, the bus ride back to the right. hotel will take forever. Um, so I just said, well... I said, really? Because we're going to Moonlight Magic for DVC, and that seems to be pretty far away. You yeah. know, I said, don't get me wrong. We love the place. We were just there a few days ago, in fact. And he goes, all right, well, the other thing I can offer you is the contemporary. Mm. He says, um, I, I could give you... Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what he called it. I, th I thought he said a one-bedroom... Uh, room at the contemporary he says um or i could do it at bay lake tower but either way you can have club level mm -hmm. now since we had just had that freakish upgrade to yeah club we've been level upgraded recently Poly, yeah um we thought oh okay so we kind of i kind of knew oh that that brings nice perks but i thought might as well be in the contemporary because we get to book dvc rooms at bay lake tower and not so much and I, I personally have never stayed at the contemporary. Right. I've stayed at Bay Lake Tower several times. I've never stayed at the contemporary myself. I, I know you have. I had right. not had that opportunity. So you even asked me and I was like, yeah, that, that sounds fun. Right, right. So we said, um, all right, well, we'll we'll go with the, the one at the contemporary. And he's like, do you want theme park view or um, Bay Lake view? And I, since we tend to love looking out at the lake anyways, I said, oh, let's do Bay Lake view. And um, he says, all right, so I'm going to get that arranged for you. He says, is there anything else I can arrange for you, you know, like Genie Plus or whatever? And I'm thinking, I can arrange my own Genie Plus, you know. Right. Um, I didn't realize at the time he might have been actually offering to pay for it. Right. But I just, I said, nah, I'm, I think we're good, you know. And he goes, well, how about if I get you Lightning Lane? And he's like, I see that you're going to... Um, 
you know, uh, Hollywood Studios the ne- tomorrow. How about if I get you, you know, to either Guardians? Of, I mean, he that one he offered um, Rise. And I said, oh, okay. He goes, you know, there's also over in Epcot tonight, you could do either Remy or Guardians of the Galaxy. I can get you, um, I can get you Lightning Lane to that. And I said, well, I guess let's just go with Rise. He goes, no, I, I'm offering you both. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, okay. So Remy and Rise would be awesome, you know? And he goes, okay, you can use them anytime of the day that it's in on those days that we had yeah, the reservation the for we, and we were obviously going to be in right caught anyway that night or we were supposed to be right right and he says you know um it, but again this was all kind of like i was still stunned and in, in wondering if this was going to work out because the other thing he said is by the way he goes i checked with the um the team that handles the uh, skyway and they said they're not going to be running skyliner skyliner thank you for the skyway is the old one that used yes. to be through uh, disneyland and right. uh, magic kingdom good uh, point yes. yeah but i can see that's a, that's an easy one to get yeah mixed up on, yeah you know? so anyways he said it's not going to be running so you know you, you're going to have to take a bus back anyways so i said all right yeah we'll stick with the, the contemporary and um then he says, you know, I see your reservations uh, at the studios for sci-fi, so I'll take care of that too. Yeah, we I had made a reservation for lunch at the sci-fi dine-in right. uh, the next day. Right. So when he said that, again, I'm like, what does he mean he's going to take care of that? He's going to make sure it's going to happen? Or yeah. is he saying something is going to be covered? I don't know, you know. So we accepted those. Um, you know, I, I actually told him I apologized if I didn't seem overly thrilled. He said I was okay. <laughs> you said I was okay. No, I, I you were exceedingly kind considering <laughs> they were taking a room boy for us. Right. You, we did not complain. We did not, right. you know, that's the funny thing is some people, we never said one thing other than the fact that we said, oh, we wanted this because of where it was right. and where it was located. And right. when he made one offer, we're like, eh, nah. you know, I mean, if that was been the only place, we'd been like, fine. Right. But we're like, well, if there's something better, we would prefer that yeah, because yeah. that is so far away from where we're right. going. Right. And, and thinking when he was saying that, I was thinking, well, with the contemporary, at least we can take the monorail to, to ticket and transportation and take that out to... Right. Um, to Epcot for Moonlight Magic, and again, that I never stayed there. You know, and right. we knew that that would be kind of that'd be kind of nice, and we love the the contemporary and Bay Lake Towers yeah. and that whole area, right? For sure. Right. So you know, he mentioned he goes, okay, I'm going to get that arranged, and you know, you'll see it appear on your My Disney Experience when it's all set up. So. Well, so off we went. So off we went on the road. Michelle's telling me all this stuff. I'm like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. Um, you know, he's, you know, mentioning the lightning lanes. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And I don't know how he's going to take care of our meal, but yeah. that's great too. That's, that's pretty awesome. So we get out there and we get to the resort and we club level too. Cause we like even Michelle had said, um, you know, without our room being at least told to us that mm-hmm. our room had been unavailable when we had stayed at uh, the Polynesian a right. few weeks earlier um, and we got upgraded to club level, you know, we didn't know that going in. This we knew going, in, like, oh, club level, that's right. going to be kind of yeah. cool. We'll yeah. have to definitely take advantage of that the next morning right. after we go to Moonlight Magic. Exactly. Until we arrive at the contemporary <laughs> itself and we go park and we start bringing our stuff in. And then we go head to the elevator and realize, oh, we need to band it. It won't let us get to the 14th yeah, floor right. where this room is available. 
So we had to go check in. And what happened after we checked in there? So, um, well, first of all, when we saw that the room was on the 14th floor, we thought, oh, that's great, you know. So I went to um, the, the check-in and I told them, I said, look, I'm sorry that our bands aren't working and the phone isn't working to let us up the elevator, um, but we have our room confirmed for the 14th floor. And he, you know, he goes, oh, okay, yeah, you're in our tower club level. And he says, uh, I, the, actually, the way the security system is set up is you do have to come to the front desk first. And he goes, but, you know, I'll get that straightened for you. I'll give you cards, but your bands will work and stuff like that. Took care of that pretty instantly. And so we thought, okay, we're going to the elevators. He goes, oh, I, I'm going to walk you there. So I thought he meant walk us to the elevator. I'm like, okay. Just to make sure our bands yeah, worked right, or to whatever. Make sure. Yeah, So I said, okay. And he's walking. And so as we're walking, he's like, so I just want you to know, concierge is available, you know, 24 hours, but you have a special concierge <laughs> on your floor. Yes. So that is who I'm going to go introduce you to. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's what i think we kind of knew wait a minute this is a little this is a level above the right. club level we've experienced in the right, past yeah. right right you know so lo yep certainly he got in the elevator you know we we badged in to make sure it worked and got off the elevator and as soon as you get off the elevator there's a podium there and there is a greeter there who is the concierge of that club level and the our the check-in guy introduced us to him and said you know, they're, he's going to take care of you from here. Yes. And then he escorted us. Well, he just kind of told us about, you know, you know, do you know where your room is? I'm like, I think we could figure it out. Right. Thank you. And he's like, oh, wait, we'll come back. We have hors d'oeuvres and cocktails. Right. Uh, well, not cocktails, but wine and beer and everything right. ready for it. When you're like, oh, great, great. We'll, we'll do that. We have some time until our event. So we'll take that. Right. So we walked down the hall, we went in there, took a right, and we walked down, and these doors are very spaced. There's a lot of doors, only a few with numbers on them, and they're spaced very far right. apart. We're like, what is going on here? Yeah. And they, it looked a little different than any other floor we had seen right. from the contemporary. We finally get to our room, 4901. I'll never forget our room, 4901. <laughs> it's double doors. We're like, what is happening right now? And, you know, right. Is our band actually going to work on this door? <laughs> We, it works. Lights up. We walk in this double door and it was the one of the largest <laughs> suites I've ever seen in my life. It is this huge living room, dining room area. Yeah, dining room table for eight. Right. Three balconies, <laughs> literally three balconies, two that connected, another one that was uh, connected to the bedroom, bed which is another huge bedroom with a massive bath with a, um, a, a, a whirlpool tub um, within it. And it, it was just this enormous, enormous, beautiful, gorgeous suite. And we right then knew, okay, we have to change our plans yeah. a little for the <laughs> night because we are never ever, 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 ever going to be in a room like this again. Yeah, it, we realized this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to enjoy what literally was a penthouse. Um, the only thing above us was the restaurant. Yeah, the California Grill, right. Right. Um, it also, you know, it didn't have like a kitchen facility. Like this wouldn't be a, where you could necessarily prepare foods. They did have a, a mini fridge, um, but the coffee maker... <laughs> 
was the coffee maker was a Nespresso right. coffee maker, <laughs> and it had a little drawer with different choices of right. the pods. There, it wasn't just your regular, you know, right. Mister Coffee. Exactly, you know, or not even a Keurig, or you know, right. it was a Nespresso coffee right. maker. Right, yeah. and they even had like um, in one of the cabinets, they had like really nice coffee mugs, but they also had espresso mugs, and so you could you know make those. Um, as we mentioned, the, the dining room, it did have a microwave. It was, a, it was a funny, it was a drawer microwave. Um, this is the weirdest microwave it I've was, ever seen. It was, it was, yeah. it pulled out. You did not use drawer. it. I don't know. I don't even know I how, I couldn't up. even, did you? I couldn't even yeah. figure out how the thing worked. I'm like, okay. I, yeah, I reheated my coffee, um, one, <laughs> one of the times, funny. but, uh, just more to try it. But yeah, it was gorgeous. It had, um, a bookcase with like art pieces on right. it it was um, it was just as the most most of the contemporary was this had uh, a lot of um incredibles influences right. to it including like our suite had like edna mode big right. posters of like her work she'd done um you know like in fashion magazines right. and uh, along the wall above the bed it just said mode yeah. on there and everything yeah it was it was a giant so think of this um this work of art that went from one queen bed to the other queen bed in the room, like across the back. And it was just stunning and had backlighting and everything. Um, In the, in the living or the dining room area, it actually had that bookcase with the, the vases and things like that. um, That were just, it was really, really first class, beautiful. You mentioned that it was incredible theming, even just some of the pictures, you know, were, were from yeah, some of the artwork right. was, um, you know, not as not like obviously the mode and the Edmund mm-hmm. Edna mode fashion magazine right. posters were, uh, you know, kind of the, that was obviously, you know, kind of shouting at you. This right. is incredible. It's more kind of subtle artwork around right. that you could pick out the incredible theme to it. Right. The closets, um, you know, were when you opened them, the lights up, we obviously had robes and slippers. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> well, for a penthouse. Um, you know, that didn't have like what you've seen in some of the other rooms with it painted. It was, that was just more woodwork. In the main, uh, in the bathroom off of the um, main bedroom though, the um, mirror was etched with artwork that made it show the contemporary and then a monorail. Right. I think out. it's it's something we've seen some artwork from that used in other places right. in the past. But yeah. this was etched right in the mirror and it was really yeah. cool. Yeah. So I'm like I'm, you know, brushing my teeth and putting on makeup. I'm seeing this etched beautiful into the edge of edges of the, the mirror. It right. was just you know, really stunning in on the balcony. So on the balcony, right off the main bedroom, there was um, like comfy chairs. I think there was like four, you know, pad, mm-hmm. thick padding with a little table. And then off the uh, dining room, living room area was, as Tom mentioned, it was actually like two. There was kind of a barrier, but they were also connected. They, there was space you can go between. And they had more like lounge chairs. And yeah. then on one side had a table, like a round table. Like an out, so outdoor dining outdoor table. Dining table. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, it was just it was amazing. amazing. Uh, it's It was crazy. So, you know, obviously, um, <laughs> as we've described, and <laughs> I actually took video of it. I'm hoping to get the video up on our YouTube page at some point so you can see what this place is like. Um, but you know, with that going on, we changed our minds on how we were going to approach the evening, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, 
as special as Moonlight Magic is, and it really is, right. we will be able to do that again right. in the future. This may never, probably will never happen right. again. So uh, first we went and we we had some time before we needed to go and meet up with Justin um, out at uh, Epcot. So we ended up stopping into the club and, um, you know, just getting a couple snacks. They had sushi, they had beef bourguignon, yeah. they had like a glazed salmon. I mean, this was another, we had, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, we had done... I've been lucky enough to be upgraded to club level at the Polynesian. This mm-hmm. was a level above that. Right. The wines were better that they offered. Um, the snacks were better. Mm-hmm. The hors d'oeuvres that they offered were just a bit better. It was just another level. So we enjoyed that. Then it was time we needed to go meet up with Justin. One, we wanted to make sure and get them in there, but we also wanted to hang out with them right. for a while because we had not met Casey before. We love Justin. He's a great guy. And so we wanted to hang out with them for a little bit. And right. we were hoping they would understand <laughs> that um, as great as Moonlight Magic is and as great as their company is, um, this was something super crazy right. special that right. we, were, we wanted to take advantage of. Right. And, they, and we only had it for the one night. Right. Yeah. And uh, that probably helped as far as what we got as right. a matter of fact if this had been a week i don't think we ended no, up with even two days i don't think we would have gotten yeah. that yeah um so we hung out with them for a, about an hour you know escorted them around half, yeah. yeah about an hour and a half um escorted them around and talked with them and they're just so wonderful and we had just a great time with them but then it was time like okay we're gonna head back right. you know and the thing is when we met with them moonlight magic hadn't started yet um as part of the the what they provide you is it allows people to go in who don't have passes already can go in as early as 7 p.m. So you get to enjoy some of the things that happen even before Harmonious, but also to watch Harmonious. Right. And the, the party actually starts at 10, 10 officially for just the DVC members. Right? And until that time, you're mingling with other guests that are, you know, right. have a reservation and a ticket to Epcot for that day. Um, some of the things you got with the DVC Moonlight Magic, we'll talk a little bit about that, is that you did get a snack uh, certificate for there that you were able to use um, at various different dining locations, yeah. including the kiosks uh, for the Festival of the Arts. So we were right. able to take, you got three of those and anything that was a essentially labeled like a Disney dining plan right. on it, uh, you could use one of those coupons for that. And so we picked up like the, uh, the uh, pimento cheese, grilled cheese right. and tomato soup. Um, we got the Angry Crab. Yeah. I know uh, Justin and Casey got the Beef Wellington mm-hmm. and the scallops. And so we were able to sample a few things with them as we went through it. Right. Yeah. Each each person got three snack certificates. Um, now, that was in addition to you could have all the Mickey bars you wanted. Right. Uh, they had some, uh, the, some of the ice cream, the right. Mickey bars, the, the ice cream sandwiches, sandwiches. The, the fruit, um, popsicle-like right. um brand stuff right. as well yeah those uh, you could get in addition without when, when the party's going on but, right when the that party was, was after going 10 on, right yes. um and you didn't need to use your snack tickets for that um but yeah there was a pretty broad spectrum of of things that you could use mm-hmm. your snack uh vouchers for yeah so we spent a little time with them and had a great time and we're looking forward to spending much more time with yes. them in the future. Already we've discussed it with Justin about some things we could possibly do mm-hmm. in the future to get together. By the way, both times that we've been upgraded to club <laughs> level at Disney were both times that we are planning on meeting Justin. So now for every trip that we're going to Disney, we're just going to plan on <laughs> right. whether he shows up or not. We're going to meet with Justin while we're out there just to see if we get upgraded every single time we do it. Exactly. He, he, thank you, Justin. Yes. Well, uh, funny coincidence. It. 
Um, so we hung out with them for a while and it was like, okay, you guys are good. You got you in, you got your passes. We gave them our extra, um, food certificates, uh, snack certificates. And we're like, okay, we got to go. <laughs> and they were very understanding about it. Thank you guys for yeah, being so understanding really about it. Uh huh. Um, so we monorailed back over there, got mm-hmm. back to the resort and we got there in time to have some desserts and a little nightcap right. in the lounge. And then we just kind of went back and enjoyed our room for a while. Yeah. Well, the desserts were lovely. They had, um, some really nice little like pastries, um, that you could tell came from, a, you know, one of their nicer restaurants. It, it wasn't, I, I don't want to make any of the club levels sound lesser, but it, you could tell the quality that they were going for. Um, and they had, you know, cordials there that you could. Or you could ask for them or, to bring you out right. a glass of wine or, right. or, or, or a beer. Champagne, or yeah, yeah, things champagne, like that. Champagne, yes. Um, so it, it was really, really lovely. I mean, I, I, I think I like sugared out for sure. (laughs) No question. There's no question. Uh, so we went back and enjoyed the suite for a while. Um, eventually wore out and went to bed and then we got up the next morning and just enjoyed the, our, our Nespresso's out looking out at that beautiful view over Bay Lake for the morning. Um, eventually went over and got some breakfast. They had, um, some really nice br- little small breakfast pieces out there for um, at the, the the club level lounge mm-hmm. and enjoyed that with some mimosas. Um, sat out. They have a balcony right out there that overlooks the theme park, yes. so you can just sit out there and and have your breakfast, have your hors d'oeuvres or whatever. And look out this balcony, and when fireworks happen, you can see those. You watch those from out there too if you don't have a theme park view already. Right. Right. Yeah. And you were. Um, you know, we we missed because the fireworks show was at eight fifteen uh, at Magic Kingdom, and we were over at Epcot at that point. But you could tell where the view was that you would have been able to see the projections on the castle from there as yeah, well as the um, fireworks fairly well, um, yeah. fairly well. It, it was it was a really really good view of the theme park for sure of Magic Kingdom. Uh, so after we ate and we had to check out at eleven, and we did. You know, unfortunately, leaving that suite was really tough. Um, but we did, and we went over to Disney Hollywood Studios as we had planned, and we did ri- get on Rise after mm-hmm. kind of walking around, after securing our Tron <laughs> Light Cycle uh, run uh, spot. Um, we did go on Rise, and that Rise is great, as always, thanks to that uh, lightning individual lightning yeah. lane that they had gifted us. And um, we found out how they were going to take care of our sci-fi yeah. dine-in. They gave us a $200 credit on right. our account. Um, so we were able to use that as well. And, um, one good thing about whenever you're in club level, even if you've checked out at your resort, you can still go back Mm -hmm. for that day and enjoy some more before you head to the airport or you head to your next resort or you head home in a car. So after we went to the studios, we came back and enjoyed a a few more snacks and another glass of wine. Right. And um, just took it all in for maybe a little bit longer than we right. normally would have before heading home because this was such an amazing experience. Right. Yeah. We, we were able to be there in time for, you know, like you said, the next set of the next day's hors d'oeuvres. Um, no, more but again, sushi. Yeah. Again, it, you know, yes, they were small pieces, but you could have as much as you yeah. want. You I mean, definitely easy to make a meal. And, and what I liked is that they had some, they had healthier things like sometimes when you go to these you might see you know like we saw the beef bourguignon before whatever but they also had 
broccoli yeah. you know and they and, had some and, salads and right. they had some stuff for the kids they had like one day they had chicken fingers this day they had right um oh, corn dog, corn dog nuggets, nuggets you know so it was fun yeah yeah it, it was you know definitely first class all the yeah. way it was great um and we feel so blessed and you know your results may vary on what you if something like this were to happen to you and what you would get but obviously disney knew that they screwed up and they wanted to make it good. And boy, did they make it good oh for us God. in an enormous, like, so, such a crazy way that Michelle called them and said, I cannot believe what you did for us. Thank you so very much yeah. because this is way over and above what it needed to be to correct uh, you know, right. the situation for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, again, we had a studio. I mean, I could have seen if we had, you know, a one bedroom or, um, or, or better than that, even a two bedroom. Um, this could have rivaled a three bedroom, right? You know, you could have a fit a lot things. of people in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the sleeping would have been tough because it was the bed. Yeah, I don't know what the couch if that folded out into anything or not. It was hard I to say. It, it was did, it was it, a big sectional couch. Yeah, yeah, in the closet in the in that area in the living room, there was extra. There was another packet that had like yeah. blankets and pillows and stuff like that. But yeah, aside from from sleeping arrangements, it it definitely was. There's plenty of space if you yeah. wanted to just just to entertain like some yeah. friends there. There was so much room to yeah, entertain. That would have been a great place to have a party and yeah. everything. Uh, again, we were on the side that saw Bay Lake Tower, but it was still beautiful. Um, and yeah, like Tom said, it 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 went above and beyond. I mean, I don't know, you know, really what the issue was, whether they oversold, which I don't think they oversold because even the day before it was showing. You could still make a reservation for the Riviera Preferred View. So I don't know if they had some mechanical issues that closed some rooms down, some flooding, or whatever happened. But the fact that they didn't have the number of rooms available that they had made reservations for, they definitely took care of it. Whatever. They made it good in a big way. And we can't thank Disney enough for what they did for us. Um, It it, it was well, well, so far over and above what they needed to do. Right. We, you know, and again, we weren't complaining about anything. You know, like Michelle said, what she did there where she sighed and she went, oh, that was about the limit of complaint <laughs> that right. we had about any of this, considering that we had lost a room that we were very much looking forward to. And yet they went and did this. It was extreme and it was wonderful and amazing. And just, again, shows that the, what the steps that Walt Disney World and the cast members and the company right. will do to make things right when things aren't exactly going uh, the way you expected. So, you know, again... Be cordial. If something goes wrong, be cordial, be polite, you know, but just know that Disney will do things to try and make things good for you if things are truly wrong. Right. I mean, when he called, I kind of got the impression ours was not the only call he had to make, right. you know, and he did sound... You even said that that had to be a tough call to make, too. Yeah, the, I did. The, I the did guy. tell him. Yeah. yeah, I could tell. I said this had to be a tough call for you, and he's like, yeah. Um, but uh, the magic that he brought to no. us was priceless we'll never forget it right never forget it right. it's unbelievable it was such it was i don't know if we've ever gotten more pixie dust in our life sprinkled right. on us at one uh, for one yeah. single night trip right 24 right. hour trip it was yeah. incredible i mean it was funny when the a few times ago that we were there and we got upgraded to club level at poly i kind of understood it because um when you're 
when you're reserving a DVC studio, if you haven't been there, you do have some cooking ability. You know, you do have a microwave, you have um, the full coffee pot and a toaster, you have mini fridge, some storage room, they they provide you with some, um, in the studios, it's paper plates and disposables, I should say, whereas in the one bedroom, it's, it's it's all dishes, but where they had to move us to a regular room, I could see them giving us something else because there you don't have any, you know, you don't have a microwave or a toaster or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so I thought, okay, I can understand why they put us in the club level because then at least we had access to some foods that we would have possibly had in Mm -hmm. our room, you know, and, and I know that I, in fact, I had brought some things that, you know, for right. breakfast, you know, some yeah. fruit. Not knowing we were going to have food of yeah, made yeah. available for yeah, us. Yeah, some fruits and toast and stuff like for bread for toast and stuff like that. So, um, but this, you know, was. This is another level. Another Completely. level. Completely. Yeah. 100%. And uh, thank you, Disney. Thank you so yeah. very much. And again, we just want, yes, does it sound like we're bragging a little bit? Maybe a little bit, because this is something special to us that's really exciting. And we wanted to share it with you more than anything else. But we also, more than anything else, I wanted to share the fact that, yes, the Walt right. Disney World customer service magic still exists. Mm-hmm. They still will go over and above to make things right. Right. And, uh, and the pixie dust is still there because, you know, exactly. sometimes we hear so much and see so much on social media about how it's gone. It's not. Right. It's still there. Right. So that's why we wanted to tell that story. Yes. Right there. Good job, and, baby. And I, I hope to get that video up of that suite so you can see it uh, for yourself sometime here very soon. So, um keep on the YouTube channel for that. We'll let you know when that shows up. So let's, we, we've talked for a while, so let's quickly go through the Disney stories of the week. Uh, start with a couple of favorite theme nighttime ticket events are set to return to the Disneyland Resort. Yes. Mm-hmm. This from the Disney Barks blog. They say, bop into a blast from the past and venture into a galaxy far, far away. As Disneyland After Dark brings two more theme nights and even more fun to the Disneyland Resort this spring. Returning our Disneyland After Dark Throwback Night and Disneyland After Dark Star Wars Night, both events that we have uh, attended yes. in the past, and they are both phenomenal. I know. We were just talking the other day how we miss and wish they had something similar out here in right. Florida. So much. They should. I was thinking, I was talking about it with my, um, our friend Pat from the Conversations podcast real quickly. I'm like, mm-hmm. they could do something like this. I mean, I get why they don't do it at Magic Kingdom. They always have, you know, Not So Scary and all these other right. ticketed events going on there. But do something at like the studios. Yeah. You know, have some ticketed events for, you know, people at the studios. That, that This would be perfect. Something like this. Be. Throwback Night would be great there. Yeah. So would have obviously Star, Star Wars, Wars Night mm-hmm. with uh, Batu being there. It'd be perfect. Uh, moving on with the story. At these popular after-hours events, you'll enjoy themed entertainment, beloved Disney characters, one-of-a-kind photo opportunities, specialty menu items, merchandise, and memories that last a lifetime. So uh, for Disneyland After Dark, the events begin with a three-hour pre-party mix-in from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Disneyland Park. And then the private party begins uh, from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. So that will be for both the Disneyland After Dark Throwback Night and the Disneyland After Dark Star Wars Night. If you want to go to the Throwback Night, they are two dates, April 18th and the 20th of uh, this year, 2023. Mm -hmm. That's at Disneyland Park. Star Wars Night is 
four nights. It's the most ever they're going to have had that uh, at the park. It's going to be May 2nd. May the 4th be with you. That one's going to sell out first. I'm telling you right now if you're planning on doing it. Uh, May 8th and May 11th, 2023 at Disneyland Park. And if you want to book these, uh, they will a limited number of those will go on sale for Magic Key Holders beginning this Tuesday, Tuesday, February 21st. 2023 and then they'll go on sale to the general public on february 23rd 2023 both times starting at no earlier than 9 a.m pacific time and you can get book them on disneyland.com i had a lot more information about those events but you can look it up there lots of great stuff going on those events are phenomenal um loved them both we dressed up for both of them we kind of did some throwback outfits for the throwback (laughs) night and of course broke out our star wars gear for the star wars night for sure yeah yeah and they're so, like you said, so memorable. Um, people really get into it. So the vibe is so fun. Yeah. It's it's not just like a regular evening at the parks. Um, it really is. And they have special fireworks and yep. things like that, which we forgot to mention. Moonlight Magic also had a fireworks yep, show as true. well. So that's true. Along with Harmonious already showing right. earlier in the evening. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyways, yeah, those are fun and wish wish we could be going. I wish we could be going. So much so. So yeah. much so. And I wish they would bring them out to Walt Disney World again. Yes. I get it why they don't do it at Magic Kingdom. But let's open up some things at some of the other parks yeah. uh, at night. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, moving on, if you're looking to travel from Disneyland to Walt Disney World or vice versa, we have some good news for you. This from the Orange County Register, ocregister.com. They say frugal theme park fans looking to hit both Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom on the same day can now find quick and cheap flights between Anaheim and Orlando that cost less than the least expensive ticket to both theme parks. Incredible, right? huh? Or actually, either theme parks, not right. combined. Right. Um, Breeze Airways began nonstop routes between John Wayne Airport, which is in Orange County. It's mm-hmm. re- literally uh, just a few miles away from Disneyland. It's right. really easy to get to Disneyland from it. In Orlando International Airport on Thursday, February 16th, with one-way flights in each direction starting at $69. Crazy. $69 for a one-way flight. Uh, once the introductory fares end, Breeze will offer flights between uh, SNA, which is the Orange County Airport, and MCO, of course, Orlando International Airport, starting at $119 to $199, depending on whether you want to uh, bundle in a baggage fee or extra legroom in first class. Still a pretty good price yeah. one way. Uh, the addition of John Wade Airport just 15 miles from Disneyland expands Breeze Airways' national footprint to 34 airports, more than double what the rapidly growing carrier founded by aviation entrepreneur David Nealman launched with in May of 2021. Here's a quote. I can't think of a better way to commemorate this milestone than for the nicest airline to connect two of the happiest places <laughs> on earth, end quote. That was from Breeze Airways president Tom Doxey in a statement. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, we may be looking into that I because know. we're going to Disneyland yeah. next year for our run uh, Disney event, and we may be looking for some flights. And uh, that sounds perfect for us, and um, that's really cool. I'm yeah. glad they, yeah. they have that's some exciting. inexpensive flights. They say they're trying to take on Southwest right? Um, because Southwest is kind of 
does those routes, but you always have to connect right. on Southwest flights. These are nonstop. So nice. Yes. To yeah. uh, some very close airports to the park. So that's exciting. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because she's awesome, wonderful, <laughs> all things great in the world. You just heard she does the best research. You know she has the best lists. She definitely has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, you're so kind. So my tip is if you want to get your hands on one of those Batuian Spira credit medallions. Um, which we have one of those. We'd have one. They they are really cool. It's it, it's a really cool um, gift certificate. Um, but no, it's it's a credit medallion. Yes. Um, first of all, if, if you you didn't know this, that they can be purchased at the Droid Depot uh, in Batu, Galaxy's Edge. Um, sometimes they do run out, you know, at certain times of the day, um, might not get some restocked in the store. So the your best bet would be to, you know, get that as early as possible in the day. And then if it's not available right then, you might still be able to get it a little later on when they restock or whatever. But it is one of those things that people do try to get a lot right. of. And so they, they do tend to um, have some times, especially in the busier seasons, busier days. So just want to make you aware if you're looking to do that. Uh, you might want to try earlier rather than right. later in the day. And it is a cool little souvenir. It's a gift card, essentially, right. um, that you... It's that, heavy. Yeah, that is very... It, it does have some weight to it. It is, like I said, it's a cool souvenir. And even if you spend the credits you have on that gift card, uh, you can reload it at any time. Right. So you can continue to use it and you continue to have that around for you. So it's 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 really great. Right. And um, if you don't see it, don't get discouraged. Sometimes they don't display it. Yeah, ask about it. Yeah, so just ask in the Joy Depot for that uh, credit medallion. And uh, and again, you know, if you if it's one of those things you wait till the end of the day thinking you're going to pick it up and it be your souvenir and they don't have it, we just don't want you to have that kind of disappointment. Very good. Very good. Michelle's tip, mm-hmm. always the best tip. Uh, my tip for this week, well, it is a run Disney race weekend coming up. And uh, we're happy to be attending, which we're very, very excited about. It's been a long time, and we're excited to take part in the Princess 10K on Saturday. I just wanted to do some quick uh, night before uh, race tips uh, just to kind of go. I've done these before, but sometimes it's good to refresh people's memories, especially if this is your first run Disney Mm -hmm. race that you've ever done. Uh, I just want you to get prepared. Just just some last-minute things you need to know before you go out. First of all, Hydrate all day the day before. Be sure you're getting in, you know me, in hydration. Hydrate the day before. It's really important going into these races and do it that morning as well. Um, The night before, you're going to want to eat a meal that's maybe a little carb heavy, but it's also somewhat light and simple. Um, nothing that your stomach isn't used to right. beforehand, because if it's something that is really acidic or your stomach has never eaten before, you never know how you're going to react on, on the morning of race day. So go with something simple, some easy pasta, you know, maybe with some olive oil and some vegetables, right. It's uh, maybe some grilled chicken, something on it. Something light, but will give you some cards to help you give you the energy for the next day. Uh, Finally, be sure and get your gear laid out the night before, before you go to bed that evening. Because believe me, the mornings come very, very early and you don't want to be fumbling around looking for whatever you may need, whether it be 
you know, something, some part of your outfit, your shirt, your socks, your shoes, your headphones, right. you know, whatever. Make sure all your uh, your phone and whatever you're going to play music on, whatever you're going to use is completely charged up um, that evening before you go out. And go ahead and pin your bib to that outfit that you're going to wear right. ahead of time. Don't try and fumble with it right. in the dark in that morning. It, it, yeah. You just don't want to take that extra time. Take care of it the night before, and that way you'll be good and ready to go uh, for race morning. Yeah, that's a great tip. And especially, too, um, if you're traveling with others in your group that are in your room and may not be taking part Getting in the race. Getting up at 2.30 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, you're trying to fumble along, finding something or turning, having to turn lights on to find part of your your tire. Um may not be as appreciated. (laughs) And it's just, you know, find the things that you're going to need and have them all together. So it's just easy to go. You're ready to go. You get your stuff on and you just go. That way you're not fretting and also not worried about, oh, I can't find this. I can't find that. And then you're worried about time, worried about catching transportation. You just don't. with the pins. You don't want to have to deal with that uh, on the morning of the race for sure. So that's it for this week. Next week, well, as we mentioned, we'll be running in the Run Disney Princess 10K and we'll be telling you all about it. Now, our episode may be a little delayed on that day because we are also going to be out in the park on Sunday, but um, we will still get you the episode out on sometime on Sunday afternoon after we get back from the parks for the weekend. Evening, maybe. Yeah. We'll tell you all about that. Not only the race, but uh, everything we went through, you know, all our fun that we had out there over race weekend. Yeah. I think we're getting actually going to get together with some friends. Yes. We're meeting some people, some people we have never met before. So that'd be a lot of fun. So that'd be kind of cool out there at race day. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never met in person, but they're, they're going to be out there for race day and we're excited to meet them. Right. And yes, hopefully get together with some friends that we know and love for a long time as exactly. well. As for today's show, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, please sign up for the newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. Great stuff in the newsletter. Also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Uh, if you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Also, we're on YouTube. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, going back to that Facebook group, uh, if you're a part of that, please invite a friend or family member along to join in the fun. Yeah, for sure. Let's all have a good old positive Disney time on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. That's it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.